0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I am always, always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart real deal guests, and today's show is absolutely no different. I want to introduce you, my listeners, to somebody who's truly been there and done that, and as always, I'm excited to pick the brain of a super smart person for your benefit today. So. For the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs, my mastermind groups, or through Powerful Words Character Development, All-Star Cheer Sites, or Dance Sites Done, right? You know how much I focus on making sure that you differentiate your program so basically you remove all of your competition, right? Well, this show is going to help you to do just that. So today, it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got a ton of valuable info about what I consider to be a game-changing hot topic to help you succeed, as well as a fun way to deliver it. So I want you to strap yourself in, today's show is going to be a blast. Now, as I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly and dramatically more fun. All right, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, whatever anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So before we officially get going, I want to give you a little bit of background about our guest today. Scott McCain is an internationally respected authority on how organizations and professionals can create marketplace distinction by selling their products and services uniquely and serving their customers remarkably. McCain writes highly regarded books on the topic, 30 major newspapers, including one in the 10 best business books of the year list, and delivers such captivating presentation that innovative organizations rate him as the best speaker we've ever had. McCain has delivered programs around the globe for the world's most influential corporations. He's one of only about 150 living members of the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame. McCain was named by Gen Juice, along with Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, and Biz Stone, founder of Twitter, as one of the top 25 people for young professionals to follow on social media. And by Social Media Marketing Magazine, as one of the most, the 15 most influential on Twitter. So folks, we definitely have a real deal guest today. Scott, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you here. Hey, Jason, it's a privilege to be a part of the program. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Ah, pleasure is ours. So, listen, Scott, before we get started, for those who haven't yet had the opportunity and pleasure of meeting you, hearing you speak, or reading your books, do me a favor. Take a second. Share your story with our listeners. You know, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Scott McCain?
1: Oh, wow. That, that, <laughs> great question. It, it, you know, I, I, for many years, I, I, I've been so fortunate. I, I was involved in a student organization and was elected a state and national officer and, took a couple of years off of college to travel and speak on behalf of the organization and, and parents who quite often were you know entrepreneurs and, and people with their own small businesses would hear me speak to the kids and would offer me ideas about how i could grow my business and and i would take notes and i would use those ideas in my speeches and then someone else would come up and have a better idea so i had an opportunity for many years to have kind of a what, I, what I've called the greatest learning laboratory you could imagine uh, as, as an entrepreneur, and that is the input of literally thousands of, of successful folks building a business. So my, I was very fortunate. My speaking career grew. I got the opportunity to speak for you know bigger meetings and more influential organizations and could cherry pick their, their best ideas and best practices. And, and for a long time, I spoke about customer service and why it's so critical and why it's so important. And I'm passionate about it. I believe that it is. But at the same time, Jason, I noticed that there were some organizations in some, particularly small businesses. I grew up in a small business. My folks owned a small grocery store in the little town I grew up in. And I would notice some would have great customer service, but for some reason, they weren't successful. Then I'd notice other companies who, you know, had great products. But, but they weren't knocking it out of the park either. So I became fascinated with why there are some, if we look at big business, some iconic organizations like Apple and Southwest and others that, that are not just differentiated, but they're distinctive in their marketplace. They, they really stand out. It's not just about being different. It's about being so distinctive that you attract customers as well as pursue them through your marketing activities. So, and then I realized in every community I was visiting, including the the small one where I grew up, there were some businesses that just they, they just attracted customers because of of something about them. And so I set about spending a couple of years just just researching it, trying to find out you know how how could I change my business so I could stand out and apply the principles I was talking about, while at the same time learning what made these organizations so distinctive, regardless of size and. So that's that's where the book Create Distinction came from, and and you were kind enough to mention, and and we were very very fortunate that thirty major newspapers said it was one of the ten best business books of the year, and and uh, it's just it's just a privilege and pleasure to get a chance to talk about some of the things that, that particularly small business, because that's how I grew up. Not only my family had one, but but I had one. Uh, what we can do to really make an impact on the marketplace.
0: Well, I am excited to dig in because this. This is information that is absolutely one hundred percent relevant and I think vitally important to all of my, my listeners as well as my clients. So well, let's start here. you know what's causing this phenomenon of uniformity among businesses out there?
1: Well, you know I, I think there are several factors at work, but but as I studied it, there were three that I wrote about in the book, and then one that through the further research that we've done that's not in the book, but I've, I've realized we call them the destroyers of differentiation. The first one is copycat competition. I think it's normal, particularly in any small business. It's very normal for us to look at what our competitors are doing, and then try to imitate it. Just try to find out, you know, hey, if it's working for them, what what could we do um, to make certain that that they don't get ahead of us? What could we do to make certain that you know we're 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 considered by customers to be as viable a, of an alternative as our competition is? The problem with that is that. When we do that, all we are doing is commoditizing our, our business. If, if I say I have great customer service and my competition says they have great customer service, then from the customer's perspective, service is no longer a differentiator. It, it, it's that we're all saying the same thing. As we study this, we realize that when cu- customers have to make a choice. That's the only way to become a customer. They choose to go to your martial arts academy as opposed to another one. They choose to do your program as opposed to another one. Customers choose not on our strengths. They choose based upon our differences. Our strengths get us considered, but our differences get us selected. And so that copycat competition phenomenon, we're going to do what the competition is doing because we don't want to go head it, it, it commoditizes our businesses And many times too, particularly in our smaller businesses, Jason, we find that some folks spend more time worrying about their competition than worrying about customers. They'll spend more time making certain that they're doing everything that the competitor is doing, rather than asking their customers, hey, what could we do? Is there anything that you know that you're not receiving where you're doing business? All these kinds of things that we could be talking about to to add value to our to our business that somehow we, we just seem to miss because we're so focused on the on the competition, um, the the second of the destroyers is tougher competition, I, I, whether it's small business or big business. I don't have any professionals saying, "Oh wow, it's getting easier." <laughs> you know, I mean, my competition's giving up. You know, I mean, nobody's saying that. It's getting tougher for everybody. And one of the things that's that's exacerbating that is just the the access that we have to information. I mean. I can Google something and get instant information beyond that which has ever been the case in mankind. And it's not just, you know, on my desktop or laptop. It's now on my tablet and my pocket. You know, my pocket. It's on my smartphone. So this, this influx of information where now customers are able to access more information than ever before possible, uh, all of that combines to, you know, challenging us to deliver something of value in the marketplace. The third one is one that I find that affects a lot of small businesses, and that is that you know familiarity. My mom always t- mom always told me that familiarity breeds contempt. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, that's not true. The the longer I've done business with you, Jason, it doesn't mean I'm going to hold you in scorn. What it means is today familiarity breeds complacency. Hmm. The longer that you know, th- to use the martial arts academy as an example. You know, by the time my third child comes along, the longer that I've had a child enrolled at your academy, the greater the likelihood I will take your instruction and take your concern. I'll take all that for granted. Mm -hmm. And this shiny new object comes along and we, wow, you know, we all have customer ADD. We're attracted to what's new and what's shiny out there and different in the marketplace. And so, but, but the inverse of that's true as well. The more that you've done business with me, the greater the likelihood is I'll take you for granted. In, in most of the small businesses that I work with I find that they they do not plan retention of customers with as much passion and precision as they plan acquisition we focus so much on how we're going to go out there and get new customers but unfortunately we, we don't have as much enthusiasm about planning a program, a procedure that's going to help us keep the customers that we already have that, those are the three that's in the book. The fourth one I've discovered is that the other destroyer of, of differentiation are business people who spend more time learning and selling their product than training and educating themselves and, the, and their team. That, that's why what, what you're doing here is so important, is that distinctive organizations are learning organizations. They find ways to continue to learn and to grow And they view that as an active part of what business is all about. I have so many small business people that say, Scott, you don't understand. I don't have time for training. Which to me is like someone saying, Scott, you don't understand. I'm an athlete. I don't have time to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, if you don't have time to work out, you're not going to be an athlete. And I'm going to suggest if you don't have time for education and training, then you don't have time to be a successful business person because that is one of the elements that is just non-negotiable distinctive organizations are learning organizations and it, it makes all the difference in the world that you continue to learn So the, those are the things that prevent us many times from standing out the way that we'd like to in, in a competitive marketplace
0: you know what, what would you say that um... there's got to be a reason for this you know why do you feel like business leaders don't recognize this as a problem
1: we, we get so busy doing what we do we, we don't think about what we do, right? I mean, for, and particularly in smaller business. I mean, for all small business people, you know, w- w- man, our, our lives are so hectic. We've we got to jump up and run in and take care of things and make things happen and take care of all these customers and put out fires and solve problems. And so we think, well... Uh, we'll focus on that tomorrow, or we'll focus on that next week. Right now, you don't understand. Hey, we're getting close to Christmas, holiday season coming up. Oh, the holidays over, it's the new year. We got to get new inventory. We got to get. You know, mm. It doesn't matter when you ask a small business person uh, or any business person. It's like, oh, but right now we're busy, but coming soon. You know, it's 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 always uh, you know it, it, something is always going to get in our way until we discipline ourselves and say you know, this is what it takes and this is what we will do.
0: So it's really, you know, we're busy doing it, doing it, doing it. Uh, We just don't have the opportunity to, uh, you know, build it, build it,
1: build it. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it's funny you were talking about this because I was just writing a little program about it uh, earlier today. I don't think there's any such thing as time management. You can only manage those things over which you have some degree of control, and I can't control if there's 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 12 months in a year, right? I mean, Barack Obama, Queen Elizabeth have the same amount of time as I have. So Correct. So I can't, I can't manage time. There's activity management. And so many times we major in minor things. You know, Stephen Covey said we're controlled by the tyranny of the urgent. In other words, there's this fire that we've got to put out. And then we wonder why our business isn't growing. Well, our business is, it'd be like the farmer's so busy repairing equipment and painting barns that he forgot to plant seeds. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's what we do many times in business. The the tail's wagging the dog. We don't do the things that will create this significant and longer-term growth for our businesses because we're so busy putting out these fires of the urgent today. And... You know it's like are you saying don't do i you know i am saying discipline yourself and use your best judgment, but in the long term, creating distinction is is what will make an extraordinary difference for your business you know you can either have distinction or extinction which you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know is there a way that um that a, a, an owner or a manager how do they recognize? What they're, they're they're not doing.
1: I, I think many times what what we do have to do first, Jason, is to think about are we are we gaining in customers at a rate that we find acceptable? Is our business recognized as being a leader in our field? Are 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 we getting customers coming to us because they they've been referred by one of our current customers? Uh, there's a thing a lot of businesses use called the Net Promoter Score which is simply saying to your customer, has our service and our work been so extraordinary that you would recommend us to your friends? And what you're always trying to do is, if, if your score isn't high enough there, if, if you're not good enough that they're going to go recommend you to your friends, then you've got to find ways to improve the experience so that you become not only remarkable, but referable. Mm. Um, if, if you think about most of the folks with the businesses that, that are listening to this program, uh, part of the reason that they're successful, are the ones that are finding success, is not because they bought more ads, and it's not because that, you know they distributed more flyers. And I'm not saying that doesn't work; it helps. But the ones that are truly successful are the ones that are referable. And so, it's not just asking yourself; it's really, it's really, it's <laughs> pretty hardcore. But it's asking your customers, and they may not tell you what you want to hear. But uh, the fact is, unless we're creating the term that I use and that we've trademarked is called the ultimate customer experience. Unless we're creating an ultimate experience for our customers, um, why would they come back? And, and so it's, it's examining, A, are we getting the referrals that we want? B, are customers coming in our door saying they want to do business with us because they've heard of what we stand for and what we are and what we what we've developed? And if that's not the case, then how do we do that? And that's that's really what we studied is how, how do small businesses how do the big businesses that we all recognize so well like Apple and the others what what did they do to create distinction in their marketplace and are the things that we in smaller businesses could learn and, and grow from uh, through through their example well then this is a natural segue actually, to my next question because you know in
0: your book you talk about the four cornerstones of distinction mm-hmm. so would you mind you know what are they you know just for, for those who actually haven't gone through this which, folks, if you haven't, you know, I'll I'll tell you where to get the book and everything in a couple minutes. But this this is a no-brainer. It really is.
1: So, oh, you. if you wouldn't mind, could you, no, I'll be honored. Yeah, that'd be, be great. great. Well, it, 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 the funny thing is, it kind of surprised me when we were studying it because the first of the four cornerstones is clarity. You've got to be crystal clear and definitive about what differentiates you in the marketplace and also about where you're planting your flag in the ground. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. You you can't differentiate what you can't define. If I can't define specifically, this is what I'm bringing you more than any of my competitors in the marketplace. This is where we emphasize. This is where we have a difference. If, If you can't say that, if you don't know what it is, then how in the world are customers supposed to know it? And I, I have some people say, well, my customers are loyal because we have a better price. Well, then they're not loyal to you. They're loyal to your price. You know? And mm-hmm. if the competitor lowers the price, then then that's where they're going to go. So that can't be your, your point of clarity. Give me a quick example. In the pizza business, if I say your pizza in 30 minutes, you tend to think of Domino's because they put their flag in the ground that we are going to deliver faster, we're going to deliver, <laughs> the, it's, the pizza's still going to be hot, we're going to focus on being the most extraordinary pizza delivery experience that you can imagine. But if I see better ingredients, better pizza, you tend to think of Papa John's, of the national chain, the national chain restaurant. People tend to think of Papa John's as having a superior quality pizza. They put their flag in the ground about quality. So even these two companies that are fighting each other for your pizza dollar, the the way that they've been successful is by standing for something and being very clear what they stand for. So even though Papa John's delivers at most locations and Domino's we've seen is trying to improve product quality, we, we know what they stand for, and there it's easier to make a clear choice. So if I say, you know, what do you do, regardless of the business that, that you're in, how do you describe it in such a way that a parent, for example, goes, wow, I've got to know more, wow, I've got to make certain my my kids are enrolled there because that's the kind of business I want them to be a part. I mean, how do you do that so clearly that you become the superior choice? And, and through the training that we do and through the, some of the work in the books, we help groups and people understand how to do that a little bit better. But if you don't have that, that's the place to start because that's part of what makes you stand out in the marketplace. Then, then after the clarity comes creativity. That's what kind of surprised me because, you know, I, I, Jason, I'm sure it's the same thing with you. You, you, you. you go to all these meetings where they tell people to think outside the box, right? <laughs> <you know, laughs> and, and I kind of assumed, well, well that must be it. you got to be creative first. And, and I interviewed a lot, a lot of creative people. A matter of fact, I went to Nashville and I interviewed some songwriters with, you know, millions selling, you know, best songs. Um, the woman who wrote Breathe for Faith Hill, for example. And one of the things that she said is that you begin with clarity. Songwriters, creative artists, begin with clarity. In other words, is this going to be a pop song or a rock song or a country song? Some of them will even get a picture and put it up on their laptop of the specific artist they want to sing the song they are about to write. So then once you get that clarity, then they start getting creative. And so creativity comes second because clarity has to come first. Now, the the funny thing is that for businesses... You only have to be creative at one thing. We, we tend to think, particularly in small business, oh, I've got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I've got to be wildly creative. If you if you change one thing, the marketplace begins to perceive that you are an innovative organization. Uh, the example I use in the book is the, in, in the rail car business, the product is exactly the same. The Ford I get from Hertz is identical to the Ford that I get, we get from Avis. There's no variation in the quality or the, the product because it's all the same. But yet, this one small company based in St. Louis decided if we did one thing differently, if we were creative in just one thing in our company, what could it be? And the wild idea they had is, rather than make the customer come to us to get the product, we would take the product to the customer. Small change, but that little company was Enterprise Rental Car, which Hmm. is now the largest in their industry. And the product they have is exactly the same as the product of this competition. There's no variation. It's just that an enterprise, they pick you up. And and making that one change created the giant in the industry. So I'm suggesting to every business, regardless of size and regardless of focus, what's one thing, just one thing that you could do like that that would be innovative and different and distinctive from what everybody else is doing? Because if you show that creativity in one area, you're perceived as being innovative at all. The the third of the four is communication. And it's it's simply that people today learn and remember through stories, not through a recitation of facts and figures. What we tend to do as business people, and it's natural. We're proud of our product, and we're excited about it. So we'll give you the, you know, here's here's 14 things about our company, right? Here's here's how many, you know, ones of these that we have, and so we've got a lot of them, and here's how many you know, things like that. And we start doing a litany of our inventory rather than telling a story. So a story about how one student, you know, raised their grades, stood up and had more self confidence. You know, those kinds of things, those stories are so compelling for two reasons. Number one, it's it draws a word picture. It lets the customer or prospect see what you're saying, not just not just notice your information. But one of the things that happens is, if you tell a story about how, for example, a student develops self-confidence, the the parent listening to that story puts themselves not in the position of you, the business person, they put themselves in the, in the shoes of the parents whose child now has a greater sense of self-confidence and will be more successful in life. And so the stories give your customers a chance to put themselves in the shoes of other customers of yours who have had a very satisfactory result. So now they want the same. So it links and unites us through the power of story and distinctive organizations and distinctive entrepreneurs have have found ways to use stories to be compelling. The fourth and final is a customer experience focus. Distinctive organizations focus on what it feels like for the customer to do business with them. One of the examples I use, Jason, in the book is at Starbucks, if if you work at Starbucks, you can't wear cologne or perfume on the days you work. The reason is they want folks like you and me to walk in there and go, "Wow, that coffee smells terrific!" Right? Exactly. We don't want them to, you know. We don't want you know your wife or my wife going, "Oh, is that Tommy girl that you're wearing? You smell so great!" I mean, you know, we don't want them to notice the cologne or perfume. If I'm Starbucks, I don't want that. I want them to notice the coffee because if if they're taken by the aroma of the coffee, then they buy a bigger cup or a more sophisticated, expensive blend. The reason is that Starbucks pays attention to every single aspect of the customer experience. Now, one of the things that's amazing to me about business is we don't walk out of Starbucks and go, wow, that was a great experience for a coffee shop. We go, wow, that was a great experience. And, and if the barista at Starbucks remembers my name, I have a hard time understanding why I walk in my bank and the teller that I see just as much doesn't remember my name. I'm not separating the banking experience from the coffee experience. We blend as customers those experiences. We, we, we put them all on the same level. Therefore, if I'm using the martial arts studio as an example, your competition is not just other martial arts studio in town. Your competition is Starbucks. Your competition is the Lexus dealer. I mean, if they can remember the customer's name, and if they know what the customer needs, it's hard for the customer to understand if you don't. And, and so we've got to raise our, the bar of what we're looking at in terms of how we're delivering the, the customer experience. So if you're clear about your advantages, if you're creative in your approach, if you create an ultimate customer experience and you communicate through the power of a compelling story, then the odds are remarkably enhanced. That you're going to create distinction and stand out in your individual marketplace wherever you are. That's brilliant on so many levels,
0: Scott. I I love this. Um, You know, one question I got to believe is rattling around in a lot of the minds of my folks is if customer experience focus is so critical, you know, how does that, you know, basically differ from what we've all been led to believe is customer service?
1: Oh, that's a great question. You're exactly right. We have tended to lump the terms customer experience and customer service and customer focus and and voice the customer and and these kind of things as if they're synonyms and and they're really not. There, There are three distinct levels at which we, each of us, deal with our customers, and they're progressive. Okay, so if you don't take care of me at level one, then all your activity at level two really doesn't have any traction with me. So here, here, very quickly, are the three. Level one is processing. It's what I have a right to expect because I've chosen to do business with you. So, uh, let's use a comedy, look, the comedy, the airline example. I wouldn't fly Delta if they said Delta, we don't crash often, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, not, not. I'm buying a ticket to Atlanta, not a chance to Atlanta, right? So I mean, uh, safety is. Is part of the deal, right? I mean, it's it's part of what I got a right to expect. That's not an add-on. That's not value-added. That's that's what I've got a right to expect because I've chosen you. And so every business needs to ask itself, and entrepreneurs need to ask themselves, okay, what are the things that customers have a right to expect because they chose me instead of the competitors where they could be spending their money, and I'd make that list. That list is what you have to deliver, absolutely every time. Customers don't want you to make it right. Customers want you to get it right, and getting it right means you're doing those things for your customers flawlessly every single time. Now, after that, now we we'll go to level two. Level two is service. Service of those things that we do to make that processing more palatable, uh, more efficient, maybe more enjoyable. Service means that we smile when they walk in. Our service means that you know we're friendly when they do it and and maybe we give them a little gift and we do those kinds of things that make it more efficient to to deliver the process. The third and highest level is the experience. The experience connects emotionally and it personalizes your approach so in other words when when uh, to continue that martial arts example, there are certain aspects of instruction that I have a right to expect that my child's going to receive because I've chosen to do business with you. There are certain things, and, and I'm I'm certain it's easy, you know, that Jason, in your mind, you could make the list almost instantly of what, of what the customer had a right to expect. So then, once you've done that, now, you know, the, the service and the cleanliness of the studio and the ease that I can park and... Classes starting and ending on time and all of those kinds of things are part of the, the service approach. But when, when you look me in the eye and you tell me something specific about my child and how much you care about my child's growth and development and how here are some things that you could work on at home that would help make our time together in the studio more productive. And, and I feel like you're not just instructing a class You have a connection with my child. Now you've created an experience. And that's significant and it's deep. Here's the other aspect, too. Loyalty is only created at that level three. Because I'm only going to be loyal to something I have feeling toward or an emotional connection with. If I don't care, if there's no emotion, why would I be loyal? So part of what every small business needs to do, and this is where small business can beat big business over and over and over again, is it so much easier for a smaller business to intensify the personalization of the experience? That is
0: one of the most profound things I've, I've ever heard in the way, the way you've actually explained that um, really clarifies because I'm thinking of two specific clients right now that have done levels one and level two
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and have horrific loyalty from clients.
1: They haven't taken it to level three.
0: They have absolutely yeah. not taken it to level three. So it's yeah. like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. It has not become an experience.
1: Right, right. And therefore customers don't feel a connectivity. And so it's a transaction, not a relationship. Mm. Right? I mean, I will, you know, I may go to a different car dealer. I may go to a different plumber, but friends don't fire friends. You know, I don't right. say, you know, Jason, I've got a, I've got to cut back. I've got way too many friends. I got to let you go. You know, what I mean? we don't say that. And and so the more that there's this relationship, relationships are hard to break up. Transactions. Think about it, in sales. What do we call it? Closing. When something bad happens in our life, what do we seek? Closure. Exactly. Right. I mean, relationships are not subject to opening. Now, don't get me wrong. You you. You close when somebody signs on the paperwork. You, you know, you, you find a closing to that aspect of the transaction. But in business, we've got to think much higher than that. That's just that's just a small part of the growth of the relationship. And so I, I feel for those folks you're thinking about because I, I understand. I, I've worked with small business people and people in my family have had a business where they go, Well, I don't get it. I'm doing everything right. You know, they love my product. I delivered it on time. What, you know, what don't they get? Well, it's it's what don't you get. They're they're delivering on time, but I bet your competitor can too. And you've got a good product, but I bet your competitor does too. So the way that you make that difference is through the strength of the connectivity. It's it's absolutely critical for for every business, but particularly, you know, the, the, the folks that are so loyal to you as a listener and you're doing you're doing what we're talking about that's why people keep listening to this program It's because they believe not only do you have information but you have insight you you have a connection with them because of what you've done and what you've developed and how you've you know how you've succeeded and and so you're you're modeling what they need to be doing if 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 we'll just all go do it <laughs> that's 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 the hope right you know it it's
0: interesting we um you know, in the Powerful Words character development business that I run, we've never referred to our, I guess you'd call them clients as clients. They've always been Powerful Words family members. And, you know, they come aboard and, you know, we send a huge basket of chocolate covered fruit and this and that. And it was interesting. because we had a new client jump aboard yesterday and I think he came aboard like nine in the morning and by noon, he was sitting in his office at his school with, you know, this huge platter of, uh, of chocolate covered strawberries. And he called me, he's like, he was actually concerned. He goes, um, did I sign up for something that I probably can't afford? Mm. And I was like, "Why, why do you ask that? He's like, well, I've been in this business for 26 years. Um, I've never received a gift for anything I've done pretty much ever. I said, well, you know, we don't look at this as you're a client, we look at this as you just joined our family and that's always an exciting time for us and for you, so we celebrate. Mm-hmm. And he's like he's his his response was interesting. He's like, number one, I love that, and number two, um, I think I'm gonna do this here. Mm-hmm. So again, it it's it really does speak to exactly what you're saying. So I feel like A you know, I'm on track. There's always there's always improvement, but it's it's nice to see that um, that is what actually creates that kind of bond. And we have clients who have been aboard. Gosh, we we opened that firm in '05, and I still have 95 percent of the people who joined in '05. So, mm. it's
1: that's that's a, there you go. Something, yeah, that,
0: something's right there.
1: That, well, the numbers speak for themselves. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's that's that's one of the incredible things too is that you know, the, you can examine this. I mean, success leaves clues. And and being able to track, you know, here's what's happening in my business. And I think loyalty, you know, people say, well, can, you can't really measure customer service. You can't really measure the customer experience. Sure you can. Are your customers sticking around? You know, are, are they staying? And it, it, it's no coincidence. In, in fact, it's directly correlated that the businesses with extraordinary experiences are the businesses that retain their customers. And growth only happens when you not only acquire new business, you know, you, you sell more, you, you you bring more in, but you keep the business that you have. If everybody's running out the back door quicker than you can get them in the front door, you're, you're not going to make it. And so how do we, as small businesses, find ways to keep people in the tent as we're bringing more through the front? Exactly. That, that's, that's always the question.
0: Well, let me do this. At, this. at this time, You know, it is most certainly time for our resource of the week. So, Scott, do me a favor. Tell me, how can our listeners find out more about you and, and how you go about helping entrepreneurs to succeed?
1: I oh, appreciate you asking. Thank you. Uh, uh, the information about me is on Scott McCain. And, by the way, it's spelled a little differently than the senator from Arizona. It's M-C-K-A-I-N. So it's S-C-O-T-T, M-C-K-A-I-N. Dot com, tells you about me and the book and, and that. We have an online educational program that's highly interactive. It's, it's personalized by your responses. Uh, we're, we're extremely proud of it. It's, it's at the Distinction Institute. So you you just go to distinctioninstitute.com, and it'll tell you all about the interactive training and, and everything that we have there to help you create distinction. In your business, and and would be pleased if uh, if everyone here would, would would take a look at that. So, um, in in addition, if you'd like the books that we talk about, obviously they're available on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for Scott McCain, and and you can find "Create Distinction" is the book that has the material that we've been talking about today. Fabulous! Just so we have, and obviously these will all be in the show notes, folks.
0: Uh, but Distinction Institute, D I S T I N. C T I O N I N S T I T U T E dot com correct? Perfect. Yes. Fabulous. All right. Scott, I always love to um to close out my podcast with a really, really what I consider important question. So if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or more importantly, to help them live a better, more fulfilled life, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Hmm. You know, I, my latest book is about this taxi driver that I had this incredible ride with. And his name's Taxi Terry. And, and the thing that I learned from this one cab driver beginning his small business with, with taxi cabs in Jacksonville, Florida, was this. His life became more joyful as he created more joy for his customers. And one of the things he constantly asked himself is, what can I do to make my customers' lives not, you know the experience of dealing with me what can i do where it's not only i'm doing my job i'm getting up from one place to another i'm i'm charging them fairly i'm making money in my own business but what can i add that would make my customers lives more joyful today one of the amazing things is everything from giving us the weather forecast and open tea times if you're a visitor to you know water in the you know buy a cool bottle of water in the cab i mean all those kinds of things but what he said the amazing thing he found out was that the joy that he created for his customer then got reflected back to him, and his own life became more joyful as, as a part of the process. Many times I think in small business we get bogged down. I, I saw it in my parents. I saw it in, in other family members of small businesses. You know, we get so busy. It's so tough. But if we, if we would think of what's one thing that we could do that would make it more joyful for a, for a customer... I think one of the amazing things that we'll find is the joy we create for them then reflects back not only to our professional lives and our business, but to our personal lives, too. Fabulous
0: answer. Thank you. Scott, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is, and I truly appreciate you joining us, especially here on Halloween, to uh, share some wisdom with us.
1: Honored to be asked, Jason. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. Well, the
0: pleasure and the uh, the benefit has been all of ours, so thank you. Folks, that is all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more information about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of our mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Folks, get out there and be The Real Deal. Set a goal. Make a plan. Work like hell towards it and achieve the success that you truly deserve. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. Go get them. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit JasonMSilverman.com.